God is bigger than our distractions. We're continuing this series. And, you know, I've just been thinking about this a lot the last few weeks, about how many things just distract us in life. I mean, life is full of things that just uh, interrupt us at the craziest of times. I was thinking about uh, how we just have difficulty paying attention and uh, able to, to focus on things that uh, we need to get done around our house. Uh, just the simple busyness of your schedules. I know so many of you, as you've gone back to school, man, just getting in that routine, moms and dads and students and, and work and play and, all, and church and all the things you're doing. And then I think about things just uh, with the technological age that we live in, you know, television and video and internet and Twitter and Instagram and uh, Facebook and all those things. It's just a constant source of information coming in and out. Uh, man, it's an awesome thing. But, but I think about text, just about how many times uh, you've, you've got a text and you're in a conversation with somebody, you're having lunch, you're having a meeting, and your phone makes whatever, it rings or buzzes or whatever, and you stop what you're doing or you look over there and you just want to see, uh, you know, who is it, man? What do they want? And so you know, life is just filled with those constant interruptions that distract us from the people at hand. And, and then I just go on to think about, uh, about this illustration. How many times have you been driving down the road, man, making good time, uh, maybe going home from work, and man, you were just uh, driving and, and never, never land, and all of a sudden, you got caught up looking at the landscape, you were uh, playing with the radio, and you drove right past your street. You drove right past your exit, only to go, where am I going? Well, there you are again. You got distracted, which is a little bit scary. I, I was doing some study about that. What causes the most car accidents? And there's several things. And of course, some of you would say drunk driving and cell phones and on and on. But the number one distraction for distracted drivers is, is rubbernecking. And, and what I mean by rubbernecking, basically, you gawk at somebody's uh, misfortune. They've had a wreck. They, they've been stopped by a policeman. And we tear our necks up watching them. And so many times people rear in and, and they don't pay attention. They run off the road. So, man, distractions are everywhere. They're, they're in our world of computers and life, our driving habits and and on and on, the, the list is absolutely endless. Also, as I was doing a little research about that, I ran across it. Over 5,000, almost 5,500 were killed in automobile accidents because of distractions. 448,000 people were injured. So it's, it's a pretty serious deal. So let's start with a definition. What, what is distraction? I looked that up and it says, it defines distraction as this, a drawing apart to uh, be separate from an event to uh, have distractions created in our lives. So I don't know what it is that's kind of keeping you in from getting uh, done what needs to be done, but hey, distractions are there. So there's a simple message truth right at the top of your notes this morning. And they say this, in order to hear what God is saying to us, we must remove all distractions from our life and keep our eyes on Him. Now, that's a, a, a simplistic truth. But the reality is, it is so hard to remove distractions because they are uh, bombarding our lives at a very fast rate. Even, even when things are slow, they just tend to come. I was looking at a passage over in the book of Hebrews. If you open your Bibles this morning to Hebrews, the 12th chapter, and uh, the first couple of verses, uh, we, we get some, some words here from Scripture that just begin to tell us about this very simple thing. Let's, let's, look, at, let's look at God's Word together. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us 
and or, or, and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us now i love verse two this is where you want to take your bibles and you want to underline let us fix our eyes on jesus the author and the perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of god so there's a great passage just to kind of help us to uh, get a, a mental point uh, uh, a place this morning that we can go, this has got to be my focus, Jesus, Christ Jesus. I, I know you go, well, you're a pastor, we're in church. Of course we know Jesus needs to be our focus. But I'm going to try to maybe speak today, how do we practically make Christ a focus where distractions don't tend to just, uh, you know, get us off in the proverbial ditch and we get in trouble. Because everything in this life is going to try to beckon us away from the Lord. I mean, we have a deceiver that masquerades, even as an angel of light, Scripture says, and his desire is not to den us, not to just mess us up. Satan has a, 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 an agenda, and his agenda is to destroy your and my, our soul. I mean, that's the only thing he cares about. So there's some, some major obstacles for us when it comes to distractions and things that keep us from being all that God wants us to be. Because the enemy, he's hard at work. He's, he's busy uh, keeping us preoccupied and away from the things that the Lord would have. I don't know who, who said this. I've heard it through the years, but I love this thing. It says, if Satan can't make us bad, he'll just make us busy. Uh, maybe you've determined in your heart you're going to be a follower of Christ. You're going to purpose to sin a lot less. You're going to purpose to be holy even. Maybe you're into that. And as you're following the Lord, uh, there's constant noises, there's, there's voices, there's the enemy that he's trying to come against you to try to silence you, to distract you from what God has for you. Uh, he wants to distract you from the work of God. This, this is a real word for believers, for those that follow Christ strong. He, he wants to nullify the, the witness of the Spirit of God working in your life this morning and every day of your life. So he's, he's looking to destroy you. You know, I, I was thinking about a term uh, we, we know about ADD and ADHD and all those uh, deficit disorders. But I was thinking about, how about a spiritual attention deficit disorder? S-A-D-D. You know, it might very well be that this morning some of you possibly suffer from a spiritual attention deficit disorder that um, all these things have come against you and, and you don't listen very well. So I think one of the very first steps would be that the Lord wants us to learn to listen to Him. You can go back uh, on the website and you can find the whole series on the voice where I talk about hearing the voice of God. But I just have to come back to this because it's so paramount to our, our faith as Christ forms us. In Psalms chapter 81, verse 13, it says, Oh, that my people would listen to me. How many of you have ever felt that same way about your children? If, if my children would, would just listen to me. Now, now listen to me. Sometimes you'll hear me say that from the pulpit or from the platform here. Because I, I really want you to zero in. I want, I want you to hear this truth. or I, I want you to hear, hear this scripture. I, I want you to hear from the Lord. But there's these distractions. There's those, you know, as I've been preparing for this message all week, uh, people have had surgeries. Phone calls have come. People have just dropped by. A lot of good things. A lot of meaningful things. Ministry things. But distractions that maybe kept me from doing the thing I thought I needed to do. And I determined a long time ago as a pastor that People are more important than anything else. They're more important than administration or whatever. You just, you got to stop. But think about your life. What are the distractions this week that have kept you from uh, achieving some uh, goals in your life, some objectives? Maybe, maybe you didn't get the workouts you wanted this week. Maybe you didn't get the house clean. 
Maybe you didn't get that paper written. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it could be a number of things. But that phrase, and listen to John 8, 43. It says, why do you not understand my speech? Because you're not able to listen to my word. All through Scripture, God's talking about adhere, listen, slow down, hear, hear my voice. And it's not so much that uh, we, we don't hear, but there's not a, a willingness on our behalf to submit to the Lord and, and direction, leadership that he might give your life. Uh, I know in the mornings when I read the Bible, I'm always asking God, God, give me a clear word for today. Lord, speak to my soul. God, I, I need to hear. I'm always praying for messages that God, you would speak to me about what to preach and how to say it. But just in my, my walk, my personal walk, your personal walk with Christ, are you slowing down? Are you asking the Lord to speak to you? Um, you know, one of the things that I know I battle is uh, I, I love television. I, I, I fight that, and, and I love it. I really do. I grew up in a home, and our TV was on 24-7. Then I didn't have it on so much, and now I just fight it. But, but I do enjoy TV and SP, ESPN and all the different things. But if I'm not careful, I will rise, and I'll turn on that TV, and I'll get distracted, and it'll shorten my time with the Lord. Or maybe I'll come into the office, and before uh, there's something that I wanted to meditate or, or to reflect on a scripture or something, if I'm not careful, if I ever turn on my laptop and I start answering emails, I start answering texts, man, I'm distracted. I hope that speaks to you in terms of how easy it is for us to get distracted in 2013. And God wants us to uh, just focus on his heart, and he wants us to draw near. Uh, you know, in this ADD, in, in the medical world, I remember when, when I was a youth pastor, uh, kids would uh, come to me and Donna, and we'd be getting ready to go on a summer camp. We'd have all these buses lined up, hundreds of kids ready to go to camp. And uh, about four or five moms would come and go, uh, this is my son. We've taken him off Ridlin for the summer, and we want him to go with you. And, and this kid's had some uh, assistance all school year. Now he's not going to have focus. He's going to be at camp with me for a week. He's going to have a sleep deficit for sure. He's going to eat all the junky food, lots of sugar, starches. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is going to be crazy. Well, and, you know, and for adults to have Adderall and all those kinds of things. And sometimes we need help. And, and, and I'm not against that. I, I think sometimes we, it gets overprescribed that too many people are on some of these drugs. But other times, I've talked to many people, it's extremely needed to maintain focus. Well, here's what I would say spiritually. We, we have a help. We have an aid. It's the Holy Spirit. Right now, you could ask the Holy Spirit to help you and to help uh, drive you from so many distractions in your life to focus in on the Lord. In the 119th Psalm, the 15th verse from the ESV version, it says, I will meditate on your precepts and I will fix my eyes on your ways. You know, that's my prayer for us this morning, that we'll fix our eyes. Is that scripture in Hebrews about I fix my eyes on the Lord. I, I look to him. He's the author. He's the perfecter of my faith. The faith, the psalmist says here, I will meditate. I will uh, saturate myself in the word and I will fix my eyes on the way of the Lord that I might not sin against him, that I'll follow him hard. It's so uh, all these distractions, I, I was, as I was doing some uh, study for this message, I ran across a story from a writer named Dorothy Haskins. She wrote a book called A Practical Guide to Prayer. And she tells a story in this book I thought was really good. There was this uh, concert violinist, extremely talented, gifted, practiced a lot. But this, the person um, knew it was going to take a lot of demands on their time and a lot of discipline. But what they found out when they were very young, they would easily get distracted from violin practice. They had other things they wanted to do. They would uh, want to go eat more breakfast. They wanted to go to their room after breakfast. They'd make their bed. They'd clean up. 
Uh, they'd go watch a little TV. They'd always do something else. And, and they learned a principle that was so practical. They said that I reverse the things that I deliberately plan and neglect, everything else, until my practice period was complete. So the very first thing they did was they went and they practiced the, the violin for an hour. And then after they set the violin down, then they would go and do the things that uh, were necessary. They were important to their mom and dad. They are probably important to them. But the very first thing they would do that. And I thought, man, what a great spiritual lesson for us as we follow Christ, that we would uh, not neglect him. We put him, make him the first priority about these distractions in our life. So what's the, let me ask you this, what's the opposite of distraction? It's focus. Man, it, you know, a lot of times we, we grab people by the cheeks and we go, focus, focus. You know, God wants us to focus on him. Uh, if you're married, you, you've probably heard it from, uh, from, from your wife or from your husband. Hey, would you listen to me? I, I know you're in the room, but you're not really listening to me. Uh, you know, this weekend, something so significant happened yesterday. Man, Jeff and I have been talking about it around the office. Football, it started this week. Yesterday was a great day of football. And I tell you, I don't want anybody to come and stand right in front of the TV and say, hey, I need to talk to you. Hey, focus on me. I'm focusing on the game. But I guess if you wanted my attention, that'd be a great place to stand, would be right in front of the television. So staying focused on God, on his ways. Listen up, Psalm 8611. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I'll walk in your truth. Unite my heart to your name. And I just think it's a great verse for you and I to think about, God, I really want to be a person of truth. I want to be grace-oriented, but I want to love your truth, God. I don't want to sin against you. God, I want to love you. I want to love the people of faith. I want to love the people around me. Lord, I even want to love my enemies. But God, unite my heart. Uh, Colossians, I'm saying about the verse over in the third chapter, the first and second verse, when he talks about setting our hearts, our minds on things above. How uh, critical, how pivotal that is to your faith and to mine if we really want to stay focused on God and his ways, steering clear of the areas that really mess us up. So, uh, you know, right here, let's ask the Lord to, to give us wisdom. Let's ask him to, to give us discernment about, God, I don't want to be so distracted uh, this fall spiritually. I, I don't want to suffer from uh, a spiritual attention deficit disorder. Lord, I want to be about your goal, about your uh, objectives. I want to be about your heart. I want to seek you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Lord, I want to love you. I want to yield my, my body, my soul, my mind, my eyes, my heart, my ears to you, Lord, and uh, try to overcome the distractions. I, I think that's a great thing for us right there. So uh, let me ask you this. Here's something that distracts us. We get uh, caught up in the future. We begin to, to think and, and reflect on the future too much. I, I think it's good. I, I think the scripture calls us to planning, and I think planning's necessary, and I think it's good. But sometimes we get paralyzed just thinking about what if and when and how come and uh, what's it going to cost and all these things. And I think we need to plan about our future, but uh, sometimes it distracts us from serving because we're like, well, one day I'll serve. I, I would submit to you, uh, next weekend is all about commitment day here and anniversary and the album release. It's going to be a phenomenal day of celebration. But it's also going to be a day of commitment corporately that we serve Christ. And man, I'm begging you, our, our, our staff, man, we're asking you to join us as we lead and serve you in, in the great things that God has for us this year. Uh, let me get you to turn to a familiar passage. I, I, I turn to this passage every so often. Uh, it's over in, in the Gospel of Luke. And if you'll turn to the 10th chapter of Luke with me. And, and I'm not going to read the story because I've, I've read it to you. I've told you this several times before. 
But it's all about Mary and Martha, and they get caught up in the muddle, and, and, and Mary chooses to get busy, or Martha does, and Mary chooses to worship Jesus. But as I was thinking about this message today, I want you to go down to the 40th verse. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Underline that word distractions. That's what I saw this week as I was studying, as I was thinking about God is bigger than my distractions. And here's Martha in Scripture, a holy woman, and she's got so much uh, preparation, so much to do, and she gets distracted away. So in my Bible, I just underlined it. And, and in verse 41, I want you to look here in Scripture. It says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. See, not one thing, many things she was uh, concerned about. Does that not speak to you this morning? Are there many things that your soul is perplexed and troubled about? But yet, if you'll go on, look at it now. It says you're worried about many things, but verse 42, but only one thing is needed. I read that verse, and then it jumped off the page to me. It let me know, man, the Lord wants me to be focused. I don't have to be distracted by all these things. And this is so easy to preach, and it's so hard to do. In this Labor Day weekend, I'm just praying that you're going to find some spiritual resolve and strength to follow Christ more single-minded uh, as you go for Him, as, as you go to live for Christ. Um, so um, I want to turn to this other section of Scripture. Uh, today on the notes, you haven't been having to fill out stuff, and, but I got this one section of Scripture, and I feel like it really fit us. Uh, I remember studying this back in seminary. I've read this section over and over. And open your Bibles over to the book of Isaiah with me. And, and if you'll turn to Isaiah, you just see this uh, powerful section of Scripture where uh, Isaiah is speaking. He, he, he sees the Lord high and holy, uh, lifted up in the temple. And, and I want you to see this. Listen to this. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. Man, that's awesome. And above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings with twain. He covered his face. And with the twain, he covered his feet. And with the twain, he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Look at verse 5. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, and having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken one of the tongs from the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth. And he said, Lo, it has touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. And also I heard the voice of of the Lord. Listen carefully. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then said I, Here am I. Send me. You know, it's a great passage as he gets caught up in the, in the glory and the holiness and the presence of the Lord God Almighty. In this Labor Day weekend, I'm praying you're doing that, but I want you to know about King Uzziah. You have to really know Old Testament history. You have to go back to Chronicles and, and other sections of Scripture to really find out about his life. But King Uzziah had become a distraction to Isaiah. He didn't worship him, but he, he closely followed him. And it was only when King Uzziah died that Isaiah saw the Lord. He never saw the Lord before that. 
And, uh, and you, if you want to look at Second Chronicles chapter 26 and read, you can get all the full story. But King Uzziah was a prosperous, uh, successful king. He ruled for some 50 years, except for Jehoshaphat. Uh, since the time of Solomon, he was one of the strongest kings that ruled and did a lot of good things. He was a, a vigorous, he was a capable, he was an able leader of the people. And his name had spread abroad and, and people had come to sit under this guy and learned about his influence. His influence would go back to Zechariah, to the faithful Jehovah. And, and this guy was really a, a, a powerful guy. But he, he kind of lost sight um, he, he lost his perspective. He, he lost what God had for him. And, and, and you go on down through Scripture over in 2 Chronicles 26, 16 and following. Azariah the high priest saw the tendency of such a, a daring act on the part of the king. And with a band of 80 priests, he withstood him. And what happens over, if you move on down about the 19th verse, it, it's really uh, it's frightening because uh, he, he did that which was not right. And, and the Lord punished him. It says, Uzziah was suddenly struck with leprosy while in the act of offering incense. And he was driven from the temple. And he was compelled to reside to a, a house away from the people for the rest of his years. And so some powerful things come that we learn from Isaiah that he learned that position was not what he should be seeking. He should be seeking the Lord. So this morning I'm talking to you about distractions. And uh, sometimes we get distracted by seeking a position or, or popularity or a certain relationship, and there's no God like Jehovah. There's nothing above the Lord, and I think he would say that to us. So look at a threefold vision here. I, I think this is, is helpful to us. Isaiah says, when my distractions were eliminated, that's when I saw the Lord. Think about that. In your life and mine, uh, we can seek the Lord. We can follow him, and we can live. We try to live on yesterday's bread. It's not a good thing to do, but we try to do that. But when we eliminate the distractions, and we see the Lord, then we're at a good place. So uh, I think about when we stop looking to the arm of flesh, the arm of man, we, we see God. And I think uh, Isaiah, if he was sitting here beside me this morning, he would, he would be trying to teach that principle. The second thing, after Isaiah saw the Lord, he saw himself. He says, woe is me, I'm a man that's undone. I, I've often thought about how undone I am. You know, uh, Don, I tell you, I, I, man, I don't, I don't like uh, undone meat. I like, uh, uh, I, I like steaks that are cooked. She likes them to move. I mean, you know, just throw on a grill, flip it over. That, that's the way she eats it. But here he goes, uh, I'm a man spiritually that's undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. Lord, I need you. But when he, when he sees himself for who he is, he says, I repent. He turns. And, and, and that's what I hope this morning, kind of a, a lesson to you and I was that, when we see ourselves for who we really are, that we would repent and turn to the Lord. The third lesson would be, and finally, after he saw God himself, he got a vision of the world and who he needed to go to. So this morning, I'm just thinking about distractions and, and, and things that drive us from the heart of God, and they make us go to and fro, and God wants to focus on him. So um, God's got a job. He's got a job for some of us to do, for all of us to do. Who's going to do it? If we don't do it, it, it might not get done. So I want to encourage us on this uh, weekend to consider who will go and do the work of God in the next generation. Well, it could be you. It's me. It, it's us, collectively. And, and I just pray that uh, as we talk about distractions this weekend, maybe uh, God's done something in your heart. Maybe, maybe he's speaking to you even right now about these distractions have become little idols and they've become annoying to others and to yourself. 
And this morning, the Lord is just crying out to, to come back to him and, and to seek his soul and to, and to love him and to follow him with all your heart. Um, just as I get toward the end of uh, this message this morning, I, I'm just reminded of Nehemiah. I, I love the book of Nehemiah. It's the, it's the classic book on leadership. But over around the sixth chapter, uh, as, as I was studying this week, I, I, I just I learned some great things about the tenacity of Nehemiah and how in, in chapter 6, verse 3, it says, I have so much to work to do, I can't come down from the wall. He continued his work. Uh, he refused to stop working and to be distracted. And, uh, and yet, when you read this section of Scripture, you've seen that uh, there were some people that were hired to go and intimidate, to lie, to come against Nehemiah, to get him to uh, be obstructed, to distract him from doing the work at the wall. As you read the end of the book, you see, man, he completes the wall. The wall of Jerusalem is completed in 52 days. What an amazing feat. But there's plenty of distractions and intimidations. And I think it's the same way for me and you. Fear comes. Uh, criticism comes. Uh, intimidation. You, you can name anything, a uh, number of things that come against you and me that try to keep us from uh, completing the task that God has for us. And I, I know this. God's got something for you to do this year. He's got something eternal for you to do to impact people. He's got something uh, significant for you to do in this very church that you call your faith home. And man, I'm begging you to, to next weekend come in and surrender and give it all and, and, and to serve Christ with us. Man, there's a lot of joy in that. And uh, so here, here's a thought that's going to come from the screen. Don't let anyone or anything distract you from God's priorities. Don't let anyone or anything or anybody distract you from the priorities of God. Seek the Lord. Here it is. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will be added unto you. Matthew 6, I just pray that as we launch into a great fall, we're going to seek Christ together, and we're, we're going to go for what God's got, and we're going to reveal the identity of what it means to really be a Christ follower that loves Christ and that is trying to move away from distractions and moving closer to the heart of God, uh, being conformed to the image of Jesus. Uh, man, this weekend, thanks for letting me speak to you by video. Uh, I meant to tell you at the beginning, but my family and I are away. And man, I just kind of enjoyed this week to be able to come in and record this message and let you know I love you. It's a joy being your pastor. And I look forward to what God has for us. And we will not be intimidated by the enemy. We will not be distracted by other things. We've got too uh, great of a work to complete. Let's do it together, church. I'm believing God for an awesome awesome fall let's pray together lord thank you so much for these amazing people and for your church and for the holy spirit that gives us life and lord i pray that we would follow you and we would seek you and we would uh seek to get direction you would order our steps and we would not be too busy and we would learn to listen to your voice father give us ears to hear give us eyes to see and give us a mouth to speak for your glory Lord, touch our lips as you did Isaiah. Lord, we're people that need a cleansing touch from Jesus. Touch us, O oh Lord. Lead us in your path, and may our lives give you glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.